hell are you supposed to be? I'm comic book movie guy. That's right, I am comic book movie guy. Good one, telephone, vocal, effect, Brennan, Brem, comic book movie guy. I'm comic book movie guy. You guys didn't think you'd get another look, another take at that, did you? But yet here you sit, listening, or here you are, driving along, listening, and you get to hear the comic book movie guy do it again, the intro. It was me. If you're wondering, that intro is me. I just put a vocal effect on my voice. I'd like to think that I've got a pretty good bat, bat voice but I'm not gonna get too worked up right now. Instead, I'm gonna tell you what's on today's episode of Comic Book Movie Guy, the podcast. I've got a stack next to me, and I use the term stack lightly in the sense that um, Marvel fans may not be too pleased with me today as I go through and talk about my stack, my collection of Marvel comics, and I threw in a quick little graphic novel because um, I wanted to just explain the difference for me uh, in reading a book versus a graphic novel and just my opinions on that. So bear with me here. We're going to get started with our Marvel episode and I wanted to um, end the episode today with a little bit of discussion about Sam Raimi's Doctor Strange in the, in the Multiverse of Madness and about the little tidbit we saw in the Super Bowl trailer um, showing uh, Patrick Stewart being back as Professor X. And uh, that's exciting. And then you get to thinking and you get to looking at that crew and you see a few other familiar faces and I'll explain that later too. Uh, but yeah, let's start with... Uh, <laughs> I have to do a shout out today to Austin McNary because my first uh, Marvel comic that I'm holding right here is actually Spider-Man Hobgoblin Lives. Now, this was actually one that Austin and I traded straight across. I gave him um, Batman Damned, I believe, and uh, that is a phenomenal DC Batman take on the character um, and the artist for those comics specifically are phenomenal. Um, so Austin traded me straight across for uh, that one. And I believe I gave him one other one, but I don't remember which one it was. Um, and then he gave me Hobgoblin Lives. And then this will be the only DC comic that I talk about today, guys. I, <laughs> I promise. I just have to mention this. <clears throat> so the other comic he gave me was uh, DC's Final Crisis. And that's a crazy comic. Uh, obviously, being me, I read the DC comic first and I haven't finished the Spider-Man Hobgoblin Lives. But I wanted to talk about Hobgoblin Lives because it's such a, an inspirational style of comic. It takes me right, like it's nostalgic because it takes me back to like the Archie comics. It's the design paper of the Archie comics essentially, you know. And there's just some phenomenal Spider-Man visuals in this comic. Um, and the Hobgoblin is actually a character that I don't know a lot about. Like, Austin is quite educated on Spider-Man. So, 
Um, you know, I've asked him in the past and he's explained to me that, you know, obviously Harry Osborn um, at one point in the comics does become Hobgoblin. And he also said that, and I could be getting this completely wrong because I don't know my Marvel lore, um, but I believe that another version of him uh, was Ned from the comics. Um, and... You know, that's an interesting take on it, too. I could never see Ned from the movies becoming the Hobgoblin. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? Um, you know, and my only real version of the Hobgoblin that I have seen and know is Mark Hamill's um, in the Ultimate... I think it's the Ultimate Spider-Man, or just maybe it's called Spider-Man, uh, Marvel's Spider-Man, or whatever it's called. It's on Disney+, Plus, or it was on Disney+. Plus. Uh, when I watched it, and um, yeah, again, it was recommended to me by none other than Austin McNary, so shout out to you, sir, for the Marvel comic, and thank you, I will get it back to you as soon as possible, and we'll uh, trade back, or maybe trade some more, how exciting would that be? The next comic I pull up here is Wolverine Weapon X. Now, if you're just not a comic book reader, um, you know who Weapon X is because, you know, Hugh Jackman's Wolverine, he was mentioned as Weapon X a couple of times. And I believe it is X-Men Apocalypse in the new um, set of X-Men movies there um, where Jean Grey and uh, what's his name? Oh, I'm going to butcher the X-Men right now Cyclops and uh what's his name there uh Nightcrawler Nightcrawler um those three are trying to bust out of um <laughs> you see this is why I don't cover Marvel stuff because I'm like they're busting out of that place but what's it called like I want to be as detailed as possible right because I'm so detailed with DC stuff but, you know, I don't know enough about it. But anyways, Weapon X is in, like, that version of Wolverine is in uh, X-Men Apocalypse. And it's badass. And, you know, the, the comic itself is brutal. You know, he's just trapped. And, you know, he's uh, getting medication. And he's being treated as, like, a mental patient, right? Getting sprayed with a hose and kept in this tiny little cage and you know like he's like a wolverine he's trapped essentially right and he has like some flashbacks and stuff and uh yeah it's a phenomenal comic highly recommend we uh, wolverine weapon x and it says insane in the brain and the cover is phenomenal the hardcover for this one is just on a whole other level so <coughs> excuse me moving on Civil War. Now, Civil War is done a little bit differently in the comics than it was on screen, but I enjoy the Civil War story in the comics um, actually a lot more than I enjoy the story of... Like, I loved how they did it um, in Civil War, uh, but obviously um, at the time they didn't have enough expanded to have the characters that are actually in Civil War um, take part. And obviously, like, iterations of comics that they bring to the big screen are never going to be like 100% page for page comic accurate unless you're talking about Zack Snyder's Watchmen. That that's a a rare scenario where the director takes basically every single page and shoots it. Like but that doesn't just happen. You know, like that's not normal. 
So when I talk about Civil War being, you know, out of this world, phenomenal, right? Like you got every Marvel character that you could ever want in this one. Um, and, you know, they're very established at this point. And I believe the Civil War, um, it occurs over something else. It's, uh, you know, and we actually get the, uh, the Peter Parker reveal in this comic as well, which is, uh, that's kind of the scene that we almost, uh, had set up, uh, at the end of, I think it's Homecoming, the movie Homecoming, where Tony's got the, the press conference and stuff there. Like, that's why Feige and Marvel are so good because they can throw in, like, parts of the comics that we know, like, in different movies, you know, or like it's like a nod towards that different movie. Um, and, you know, it's going to happen again uh, with Doctor Strange uh, into the in the Multiverse of Madness. I always want to say into the Multiverse of Madness, and I don't think it's called that. Um, you know, I see, I, I wanted to touch briefly because I just saw Daredevil as I'm flipping through here and the Fantastic Four and stuff. These are characters that you're going to see in the future of Marvel. So I think you, sh you know, as a fan of Marvel, you should get to know maybe the Fantastic Four a little bit more than the shitty movies that they've made, you know, uh, because the guy who's going to be doing it, John Watts, is the guy who just delivered the best Spider-Man movie of all time. And now he's, his next project is the Fantastic Four. So they're finally in good hands. They're finally going to be done right. And, you know, the little tidbit that I wanted to touch on, uh, I might as well do this now, the Doctor Strange uh, into the multiverse, in the multiverse of madness. Good God. Um, I want to touch on all this right now, actually, because I'm inspired by just looking at Civil War. So basically what we're, what we're talking about here is uh, we're talking about Doctor Strange uh, breaking open the multiverse, right? And him defending against it, where there's, in a way, he's like defending sort of his mistake, it seems like. Um, and obviously, Wanda is the main villain, and she's phenomenal as always, but we get to see like Scarlet Witch at her full capacity in this movie, I think. And I think she's in no better hands than Sam Raimi. Um, you know, you go on Twitter and Twitter's a bad place <laughs> at times and you see things like the Marvel cast list for uh, Doctor Strange, like the new movie coming out, and you get a few spoilers. And are they true or are they not true? You won't know until you see the movie, but, uh, you know, certainly from what I've seen, some of these characters have been confirmed in the trailers and holy smokes, they're doing the Illuminati. Like, who would have thought they would have done the Illuminati? Now, if you're not familiar with the Illuminati, they're like the higher-ups of the Marvel Universe in the sense that, like, they take care of the, like, the greater um, problems, like this one, <laughs> like the Multiverse of Madness being broken wide open. And, you know, uh, I don't know the full characters of that crew, but I can confirm Patrick Stewart is going to be there because he was in the trailer. You do see Mr. Fantastic <laughs> in the trailer, and it looks like the Mr. Fantastic from the early 2000s. Um, uh, and, you know, that gets me kind of excited because 
like it could be him or I've also heard John Krasinski's in the movie. And I believe 100% we're going to see some form of uh, John Krasinski in the Fantastic Four suit. Whether that means he's going to be the Marvel Reed Richards, I don't know. I don't know the route they're going to go. My guess is John Watts casts completely different. Um, but that's just my guess. Um, and yeah, you know, it's got that... Uh, what's that guy's name who plays Reed Richards in the first movie? I have no idea how to pronounce this guy's name. But if y'all have seen the early 2000s Fantastic Four. His name is like Eon Grufud or something or Grufud or something like that. He plays Reed Richards. And I think that's that's kind of more the silhouette that I saw in the trailer was his Mr. Fantastic. So that was, uh, yeah, that was exciting for me because I like those movies. They're cheesy, but they're good. And I know for a fact we're going to see Chris Evans back as uh, the Human Torch, which is an interesting choice. Um, the other person I thought that we would see on that panel of the Illuminati is Captain Carter. There's a, uh, I have to apologize because here we are 13 minutes into the episode and my little dog Winnie, my dogs are just going to be featured guests on my podcast every time I'm home because anytime I'm recording a podcast, it's usually when I'm home alone because the house is nice and quiet. You know, we're not, uh, both my girlfriend and I aren't using the Wi-Fi, you know, stuff like this um, are reasons why I do my podcast al like alone, right? And the dogs are just here with me. So obviously every single podcast, you're going to hear the dogs scratching or whining or when he sees her reflection and does a backflip. Who knows what happens in this house? It's a crazy house of dogs. But anyways, as I was saying, Multiverse of Madness, you know, and this is where you you're doing a podcast and you do it all in one take, right? Or I, I like to do them in one take. It's just more authentic. It's more of a, a grounded vibe and that's what I like. So when I'm talking about things, I have to often like go back and think to myself, what was that, right? Because if you edit, you could just go back and like listen. But I, I think it's more authentic this way and this is how I like to do it. So um, as I was saying, the Illuminati. Um, yeah, Captain Carter being that final member of the Illuminati. Um, there's a Doctor Strange poster that Sam Raimi had uh, posted on Twitter or something. And in one of the shards of glass, you can see Captain Carter's shield. So I believe that the members of this Illuminati are going to be Doctor Strange, um, the uh, superior Iron Man, played by Mr. Tom Cruise, you're welcome, everyone, for spoiling that one. I hope you weren't, uh, uh, you know, that's that's a character that I've always known, I think, is going to be in this movie because it's just too big of an opportunity for Tom Cruise to pass up on, you know, especially since he was so close to getting Tony Stark at the time. You're going to see him as Superior Iron Man. And those are actually kind of the, the drones that are escorting Stephen Strange uh, in the trailer. If you look closely, you can see Superior Iron Man's drones taking I think they're escorting Strange to go and talk to Professor X and the rest of the Illuminati in that scene that's my guess but how awesome is that that uh the members are going to be you know Professor X uh definitely Mr. Fantastic in some form whether that's John Krasinski or Ion Graduff whatever that guy's name is 
Um, or, uh, yeah. Or, and then we're going to have, um, who else are we going to have? So we've got Professor X, Mr. Fantastic. We've got Captain Marvel, or not Captain Marvel, Captain Carter. Um, and I think there's two other members, but I don't remember who they are from the comics. So that's something that is going to, you know, be educational towards me. And there's a few mystery characters in the trailer as well, I thought, that are, you know, it looked like a version of Captain Marvel, maybe uh, whatever that girl's name is, uh, the uh, the girl in, um, I think she's in WandaVision, and she's also in Captain Marvel. Um, she's the little girl who grows up, and then Captain Marvel comes back to Earth, and they end up, uh, you know, reconnecting. Um, I think that version of Captain Marvel is that girl in Multiverse of Madness. I think that's what we saw in the trailer, but I'm not entirely sure. And then there's another mystery character. But uh, yeah, you know, people are saying things like Ben Affleck is coming back to play Daredevil in this, which would be wild. Like, no way that's happening, right? I don't know. <laughs> They're saying, you know, things like Chris Evans coming back, but as the Human Torch interesting choice i would love to see more cap but maybe they do both maybe they don't i don't know obviously toby mcguire's spider-man is going to be a big part of this movie you're going to see multiple x-men man if i see toby mcguire and hugh jackman together fighting at some point in multiverse of madness it's going to easily be my favorite marvel movie of all time i think sam raimi has a unique opportunity here to really surprise people with a lot of characters and remind them of the history and the past of Marvel in general. I think that it's a unique opportunity because he was there back in the early 2000s and as he sort of, you know, moved forward with with things, you 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 drift apart from that, right? And the fact that this guy's able to come back now in a new era in a new age where all of these characters now exist, so you can now manage all of the new characters that Marvel's producing or that they've produced, but you can also manage the characters that you loved and wished that you could have put together in collab movies back in the day, but there just wasn't the technology, there wasn't the funds, it just wasn't plausible at the time because you didn't have the source material. Like Sam Raimi is the source material for Spider-Man, is he not? He's the blueprint for, you know, a Marvel movie. That's where it starts. That's where it's going to, you know, come full circle for me. And I think this is an exciting movie. I think you should get excited, even if you're not a, Mar a Marvel fan. Sam Raimi is going to bring a solid, solid movie. And then you get, you know, a director like that mixed with the visual effects team that does those Doctor Strange movies. It's going to be a fantastic watch. All right, let's move on to my next comic for Marvel. And this one is actually in, an interesting one. It's a Star Wars Darth Vader. So that's my question, I guess, of the day is to anyone out there who might be knowledgeable on these uh, Star Wars comics, like, does Marvel own the rights to Star Wars? How does that work for comics? Because it's a phenomenal com comic. And it's, you know, it follows, it's called Darth Vader, right? So it follows a, a Vader tale. And it's 
great, great uh, art. And, you know, uh, the original Dark Lord of the Sith stars in his first ongoing series. So I only actually have uh, the first edition of this. I don't have the... F like, I should look for more of these Darth Vader comics, but I know that this one is is phenomenal. Like, I would recommend this to anyone. This one's very interesting. This one I picked up in a thrift store off of White Ave with Austin one day, and it just spoke to me. The cover spoke to me. It's called um, Avengers uh, Sanction, and it's got Cable from Deadpool standing there with a smoking gun over top of, like, a ton of dead Marvel characters. Like, Spider-Man's got barbed wire coming through him. Uh, Iron Man's got a gunshot wound through his head. Um, Captain America's laying at Cable's feet, uh, you know, with gunshot wounds in his back. And I think you can see Red Hulk dead, Wolverine's dead in the background. It's, uh, it's a wild comic and you know you flip over the back and it says target avengers and it's like cable taking on the entire avengers team um yeah great comic great visuals highly recommend that one let's move on ah uh, yes uh we're starting to get into my favorite uh comics here for my marvel side of things i don't have too many marvel comics but the ones that i have I sure am proud of them. This one is Wolverine, a Marvel Comics event, Civil War. So it's basically, it's a Wolverine story um, during the events of Civil War. It's a fantastic comic. The art I don't like as much, it's too animated. Um, it's too, uh, like he doesn't just, he's not as grisly as I'd like him. He kind of looks funny in a sense in this comic. So it's... Uh, you know, it's, it's more about whose side are you on this comic. It's more, it's like, it's, you know, people love this one. Uh, if, if Logan, um, if Logan was, was done a little differently, this would be my favorite, uh, Wolverine comic. But I think my, my favorite Wolverine comic was the one I read to you earlier, the, the Weapon X. That's my favorite one for sure. The art in that one is just, oh, wait. What's this? I've caught something out of the corner of my eye. Oh yes, this is my favorite Wolverine comic of all time. And I'll tell you why. And you can guess why, actually. Guess wherever you are. Wherever you're sitting right now listening to this, I want you to guess, take five seconds and guess what comic I'm thinking about. It's a Wolverine comic. All right. This is called Wolverine, Old Man Logan. And for those of you that are true fans of the character, you would know that uh, the movie Logan, Hugh Jackman's epic send-off, uh, was based around this comic that I'm holding in my hand. Um, the only real weird thing that <laughs> happens in this comic that I didn't... It's not that I didn't like it, but like Hawkeye's in it. <laughs> and he's like this like old... Uh, rickety guy and he's got this long ponytail and I don't know I just not a huge fan of that but uh, you know the comic itself is a must read if you're intrigued by Marvel 
Um, and if you haven't read Old Man Logan and you're just sort of starting out into comics, I don't recommend it because it's very fantastical in the sense that a lot happens um, that if you're just looking at pictures, you kind of go, okay, this is ridiculous. You know, it's all over the place. And that's true. This comic is all over the place. But that's what makes it so amazing is its ability to go all over the place and keep you engaged and tell you a really cool story about Wolverine struggling through, you know, old age. And if you haven't seen Logan, James Mangold's Logan, uh, that's a must watch if you're a fan of sad movies if you're a fan of uh you know just a a brutal start to finish with a bit of a payoff cinematically uh the movie has a very unique and cool ending and uh i would highly recommend logan to anyone it's a one-time watch kind of thing if you're a fan of Wolverine you will enjoy it if you're a fan of Hugh Jackman you will be floored at how good he is in this movie uh, yeah it's a must watch for any sort of fan and the final thing that I'm going to talk to you guys about today is I have in front of me the graphic novel and art uh, adaptation of Margaret Atwood's The Handmaid's Tale now my girlfriend and I we watch The Handmaid's Tale religiously, like love the show <laughs> religiously. Isn't that ironic to say that religiously? Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting show. Um, I, I enjoy the show a lot. I know both my girlfriend and I enjoyed the show more than the novel, but I also enjoy the show better than the graphic novel. Um, but if you read comics, it's similar in the sense that they even do like animated adaptations of comics, you know, but the comics did it first. The comics are the source material. And this is what I'm trying to get across is when I, when I listen to um, an actor talk about the source material, the way that some of these actors do nowadays who are playing these huge roles like Robert Pattinson, Batman, Tom Holland, Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, Hugh Jackman, X-Men, you know, Hugh Jackman, Wolverine, Tony Stark, you know, Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Captain America. I like, you can list these actors for days, but like the commitment to the role has changed. It's not just like, oh, I'm playing a superhero. It's like, Okay, I'm making a 10-year commitment to myself here to play this character. And they're doing their homework. And it's impressive. And the directors are doing their homework. And it's impressive. And when they're allowed to show you the vision that they have based on the source material that they've collected mixed with their ideas, if they can get it out there and the fans can go and watch and get the fan service that's necessary without being too cheesy... I think that, you know, the future of film is just going to go up and up and up for these characters. It's a great time to be a comic book movie fan. That is the bottom line. And I thank you once again 
for joining Brennan Huber, your host of Comic Book Movie Guy, the podcast. Uh, this has been a time. I've done a Marvel episode. I talked about Margaret Atwood's 1950s uh, Handmaid's Tale, you know? This has been a lot of fun. This is different. This is different. And once again, like I said, uh, you're going to find a lot more content coming out. Um, and like from Comic Book Movie Guy, the podcast, but also on Instagram, you're going to see a lot more content. Um, and I just hope that, you know, you guys enjoyed this one. And I love feedback. Reach out on Instagram. Say, you know, dig the episode or... Hey, why, why'd you do it that way? Or I disagree with you. I completely 100% disagree with what you just said about Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness. Or maybe you, you come on and you go, comic book movie guy, it's not Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness. It's into the multiverse of madness. You stupid, stupid. Whoa! This guy's crazy!